0: You enjoy the Human Capital Innovations podcast? Please subscribe, leave a review, comment, share, and consider supporting the podcast on Patreon, even at the producer and sponsorship levels. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations podcast. In this HCI episode, I talk with Anthony Hughes. About how coding boot camps are helping companies meet the enormous demand for tech talent. Anthony Hughes, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
1: Thanks so much, John. Happy to be here.
0: It is a pleasure to be with you. You're in the Cleveland, Ohio area. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. Today, we're going to be talking about, uh, specifically within the, the scope and, and thinking of, around recruitment within organizations in this type of labor market, we're going to be talking about how coding boot camps are helping companies meet the enormous demand for tech talent. There are many different industries, many different fields uh, where there's a huge labor shortage. Uh, Any STEM field, for example, uh, but if you zoom in even further and you talk more specifically within the tech industry about coding, huge, huge gap in what is needed versus what is available in the available labor. And, you know, organizations have traditionally looked towards universities to hire uh, graduates for these types of positions. There's still a need for that. We still need people to get that kind of education, those certifications, but there are other options and and, uh, approaches to getting the skills and the competencies necessary to be successful in the new world of work. And so that's what we're going to be exploring together today as we talk about coding boot camps. As we get started, I wanted to share Anthony's bio with everybody. Anthony Hughes is the CEO and co-founder of Tech Elevator, a leading software training program designed to support the rapid acquisition of technology skills that can lead to meaningful careers in tech-related fields. Anthony previously served as the president of the Software Craftsmanship Guild, a coding boot camp which was acquired by Learning House in April of 2015. And I could go on and on, but I'm going to pause there and give you a chance to share anything else about yourself, your background, your personal context that you would like to share with listeners, and then we'll launch on into the conversation.
1: Yeah, so um, Anthony Hughes, delighted to be here. Um, you know, uh, Just to extend a little bit on my bio, um, You know, I'm an accidental entrepreneur. Um, I've always been entrepreneurial in my life, but um, you know, I'm uh, leading this organization, Tech Elevator, and it's 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 a it's both a company I lead and a, and a passion project that I have. And the reason that I'm in this space stemmed from a stint that I did in the world of economic development. Um, as you can tell, this isn't a Cleveland accent. I'm a transplant to Cleveland. Uh, i married a girl from Cleveland, and I've been spending uh, a lot of my career and in, uh, in the last few years trying to uh, contribute to making the community a better place. And in the world of Nonprofits and economic development, I worked for an organization that focused on um, tech-based economic development. And uh, I ran an entrepreneurial mentoring program and I helped companies grow and source, you know, capital and build their teams. And one of the things that I experienced firsthand was the woeful lack of technology talent in the community that I, you know, had been adopted by, chosen to call home, and felt that. That was a problem that I really wanted to set out to solve. That we couldn't um, we couldn't reimagine the Rust Belt economy of Cleveland, Ohio, if we didn't reimagine the labor force, and we didn't find a way to help more people acquire the digital skills that are in such high demand. Um, the first part of my journey started at the Software Guild, and then I formed that passion, and then I launched Tech Elevator in 2015. And, you know, here we are today as a national organization. Uh, reskilling thousands of people for hundreds of companies around the country, and it's it's a it's a privilege to do this work. And, and again, I'm delighted to be on this show with you, John.
0: Thank you, and that's a really fascinating background. Uh, and I commend you for the good work that you're doing. Like you said, it, you just framed it in terms of reskilling, right? And and. In your community in particular, you saw a huge need. You wanted to try to meet that need. I think that's fantastic. We see that. We see similar things throughout the US, throughout the world um, for this huge, huge appetite for this skill set and just not enough people getting degrees or certifications fast enough to be able to meet that need. And so you, this is where reskilling and upskilling efforts like this can really play an important role. And sometimes it happens within organizations. So organizations will look at their existing uh, employee base and, and they'll say, Hey, we need more skills in this, and this, in this area. Let's, let's look at how we can provide reskilling opportunities. Other times, you know, and they do it in-house. Other times, they reach out and they work with organizations like yours. Other times, it's just individuals signing up for boot camps or or getting, you know, these other forms of training so that they're then able to apply for jobs that require a certain skill set. Uh, all of the above, you know, are important and play their part. Uh, and I'm curious if you can just lay out uh, for me, and my listeners, some of the approaches that you take in partnering with organizations and in serving the broader um, labor force generally.
1: Yeah, so, you know, when we started the company in Cleveland, Ohio, we really started just to solve a problem locally. And just to put that problem into context, there were 7,500 software developer positions advertised in the region that we were in at a time when the entirety of the four-year institutions in Northeast Ohio were producing 280 computer scientists a year. So, you know, to frame that, you know, that is a massive supply-demand mismatch compounded by the fact that about half of those graduates were actually leaving the region uh, to to seek their their fortune in in, historically more traditionally tech cities. Um, Taking that to a national level, uh, we stand at 1.3 million open software developer positions in the US economy with about 100,000 computer science grads in terms of the output. So again, a woeful supply-demand mismatch um, you know, Poland produces more computer scientists than, than, uh, than the US does, which is which is fairly tragic. Um, so how do we go about solving the problem? Well, we started the program really as a, uh, an on-ramp to technology for individuals who are looking to uh, improve their lives and improve their careers. And, you know, the, the mission of Tech Elevator is to elevate people, companies, and communities. And our belief is that there is... Uh, There are smart people in our communities who have the cognitive ability to to do better, to to fulfill their potential, uh, to to get better jobs. And we can take those individuals, identify them, reskill them with these in-demand skills. We can fuel the growth of companies locally in our communities, domestically, and in doing so, we can contribute to the vibrancy uh, of the communities that we're in. And so we started the business as a consumer business only. Um, I'm smart. I know I can do better in my career. Um, What are my choices? Do I go to college? Do I go back to college and incur more debt? Uh, Or are there alternatives? And Tech Elevator emerged as a a really viable alternative. And we were able to place people into technology jobs, the equivalent jobs of computer science grads, uh, with enormous success. Um, we have a 95% graduation rate, a uh, 90 plus percent job placement rate, uh, and the average salary impact of our graduates is $24,000 more than they made uh, before they came to our program, which, by the way, is a 14 week program in duration. And that's what we were doing, and we were doing very successfully.
0: Just pause there for a second. So I was going to ask you because um, I've seen different coding boot camps that are of different types and durations. And uh, your 14-week program is that a full-time, 40-hour a week uh, intensive type of a program, or what does that look like?
1: Yes, we have. It's a. It's um. It's 14 weeks. The average student will do 50 plus hours a week. So yeah. it's it's you know it's not Intense. a casual. Yeah. um and um but we'll take them from zero coding experience to a functional code ready junior developer in that time period we also just launched a 30-week part-time program to provide another you know more accessible route for people that weren't in a position to quit their jobs which is what our full-time students have to do um, they have to be sort of fully committed to, to doing that so um yeah that's that's the format but it's proven to be you know, very successful and it's a, it's a high return on investment path uh, for individuals that are willing to take take the leap with us. And, you know, we have the track record at this point for people to feel like, yes, it's a risk, but it's uh, it's been mitigated by the outcomes of, of the provider. Um, to sort of continue on on the, the, the uh, point that, or the question that you asked before about the sort of the modalities in, in how, um, you know, we're solving this problem we originally set about simply to solve the problem on an individual basis. And in aggregate now, we're graduating more than 1,000 students a year and putting them into jobs in tech. And that's really exciting. Um, The opportunity to work with companies in a more, um, in, in in a deeper partnership way actually came when one of our hiring partners approached us and said, you know, look, we're hiring your graduates and we're hiring them in in dozens at this point and they are performing at and in some cases above the level of our computer science hires if you can do that with you know former baristas and retail workers and hospitality workers and uber drivers what can you do with the employees that we have in our organization who are driven and ambitious but don't have the skills to fill the roles that we need and we said well we're not really in that business we really support you know, individuals, and they said, look, just could you just take five employees and see what happens? And we took five employees and they sat side by side with, you know, students in our classes. And then um, the result was that they came back and they continued to sort of build that uh, engagement. And now in that particular instance, we're training uh, employees globally for them, which is incredibly exciting. Uh, And we have partnerships with dozens of companies at this point who are sending us their employees to reskill into software developers. And that's been really exciting because there are many initiatives at play right now around technology. One, I need more technologies, but two, I need to diversify the makeup of my um, technology organization. And when you look at the output of computer science programs, we really haven't improved much in terms of diversity. We're talking about 18% female, five to 6% African-American, And that's reflected in the makeup of the tech field in general. Well, if you look inside organizations, organizations, large organizations have diversity, they just don't have it equally spread across the organization. And what we've been able to show them is that you can identify high potential individuals through an aptitude testing methodology that we use and reskill them into technology roles, retaining them, Developing them, building your employer brand, and diversifying your workforce at the
0: same time. Yeah, which checks so many boxes, right, of what organizations need. So, not only are you getting the reskilled talent that you need, you have the diversity, equity, and inclusion, you're able to meet those goals um, and, and move the needle there. Uh, and, and frankly, there are so many other positive organizational benefits to. Investing in your people, promoting from within—you know those types of things also just reinvigorate your current workforce, help them to feel valued, et cetera. So, so it, it's it's really a no-brainer for organizations to try to to leverage these types of approaches. And again, whether it's in a in a coding kind of a, a position uh, with coding boot camps or other reskilling and upskilling types of initiatives, uh, you know, I, I hope the message is coming through loud and clear for anyone listening. That this is something you should absolutely be investing in because the ROI bottom line benefits are going to be huge. But even some of the, the harder to measure squishy, you know, cultural and environmental benefits of, of having that kind of investment into your people is really going to pay off, especially in the long run. And especially while we're dealing with a really tight labor market. Uh, certainly in STEM fields and tech fields, it's it's been tight. It's going to continue to be tight. But really, Organizations are struggling to fill any positions, <laughs> so I mean there are so many just open positions, and and a lot of them, you know, they don't need necessarily a college degree. They just need you know a, a certain skill set that's going to help them to be successful. Let's let's invest in our people and help them develop those skills, and then all of a sudden you find yourself with. With great people who are more committed to your organization, more loyal, and, and you've also proven them as someone who's continue, going, committed to being a lifelong learner, someone who's continuing to, to, to uh, invest in themselves to make sure that they're going to meet the needs of the future of work.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely right. I mean, you know, one of the things that employers can do, particularly around these tech jobs, is just turn down the college degree requirements. You know, if you go to your uh, IT department, you talk to software developers and, and you understand their background. Some of them, of course, will have come through a computer science background. Others will have been self taught. And many of them will have come from non traditional sources as well. And so, what I love about the field of technology and particularly software development is it's highly meritocratic.
0: We look forward to having you join us. Check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free, interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think.
1: Um, what doesn't, you know, it, the, the piece of paper that you have stating where you went to college and what degree you, you got uh, doesn't matter five years into your career. What matters is what you can do and what you can learn. Um, you're looking for problem solvers, people who are growth oriented, people that get really excited about, you know, um, um, you know, finding more efficient ways to do things in your organization and um, maybe the privilege of, of the opportunity to go to college or, you know, the, the, you um, influence of a family member or a friend, you know, steering you in the direction of a computer science degree, that shouldn't be the barrier to entry. Um, You know, cognitive ability truly does lie evenly in in the population, whether it's the general population or the incumbent population of your workforce. And if you're willing to widen your aperture, you will be rewarded in spades uh, for that, and you will get, you know, a really strong return on investment. Um, I want to make one other pitch for this because I think that you know if, if I'm an HR professional right now the pain that I'm feeling is extreme I mean it was hard going through the pandemic and then to pivot from the pandemic to you know the great resignation and the amount of turnover that's taking place You know, 4 million people quitting their jobs on a monthly basis for what the last six months you know the 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 loss of institutional knowledge is a really painful um, part of the the experience for leaders and companies, and you know um, the institutional knowledge that belongs in your let's say low skilled you know non college degree frontline workers the understanding of your customers and your culture um, and you know the the experience and just the sort of the, the, the the, um, the environment that you operate you know those individuals can be elevated within your organization and those individuals have experienced firsthand problems in your business that technology in turn can solve and so you know elevating those individuals is not just beneficial from a from a from a skill standpoint but also from the retention and, 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 and um, problem solving that comes with you know, um, institutional knowledge as well. So I think there's a, there are a lot of really strong arguments for for developing talent. in
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree. So what would you suggest to anyone grappling with this? You know, like what are the first steps as you're, you're trying to explore this and and figure out whether, you know, something like a coding bootcamp or any other sort of reskilling or upskilling kind of a program would be useful and beneficial for you?
1: Well, I think there's a few different things that, you know, need to be considered when you're looking at this, right? So if you're an organization that is thinking about this or you're in a position where you're thinking about this, you know, one of the things that I would say is, you know, it's always good to have some success stories <laughs> um, where this is working that you can point to, right? So people are typically nervous about taking risks, moving away from the status quo. Um, but you can look increasingly at examples around the economy of companies that have that have taken leadership roles in this and lent into this. Um, you know, we've got a great working relationship with uh, Morgan Chase. And JPMorgan Chase has, you know, I mean, it hires uh, on an annual basis, you know, I think 15,000 <laughs> IT workers every year. You know, they've got a, a $10 billion plus IT budget. And so they can take some, Risks and, and, and experiment earlier than maybe some smaller mid sized businesses can do. We work with them on a program called um, Tech Connect, where they're sourcing diverse talent from historically black colleges and universities. They're identifying them, you know, non CS degrees. And then we're working with them to reskill those individuals into software developers, as well as finding individuals in their organization to do it. That's one of the companies we work with. There are many others, but I'd also point to Home Depot, they have a phenomenal example of a project that they did called the Orange Method, where they took, you know, store level associates who, you know, making 15, probably closer to 20 right now, $20 an hour. And instead of losing them, they offered them the path to move into the sort of corporate organization to reskill them to become software developers uh, and took them through a six to 12 month process of training and net apprenticeship. So there's good examples out there. Um, The other consideration is just around return on investment, right? Because in many ways, they have got these sort of fixed budgets and you're looking at one budget for recruiting uh, and then maybe another budget for talent development. But really, if you go higher up, higher and higher up the organization, it's just one big budget for the entire organization. So you've got to find a champion high enough up to understand that costs here can be mitigated by savings here. Uh, Investments here can offset expenses here. And so, you know, find your champion in the leadership suite of the organization so that you're not toiling in obscurity, that you're finding people that really get it and that want to solve problems, not just in the near term, because in the near term, we just hire more recruiters. We just pay more commission fees. In the long term, if we really want to win in the talent game, we've got to look ahead. We've got to look downstream. And so, you know, your CFO, your CHRO, your... You know, a CIO, these are people that should be aware of these kinds of initiatives. Um, so those are a couple things. Um, of course, we're more than happy to talk to people about the work that we do with other companies and how they manage to, uh, to break things down. The other thing I would say is you don't have to boil the ocean. Start small, right? Start with a, an experiment where you can get some wins and find some champions in your organization. One of the things that we're really proud of is that we've developed an aptitude test. It's a cognitive assessment that helps us identify the cognitive ability to code in individuals who've never been in technology before. And so what we're able to do with companies who are saying, I've got these this group of employees whose skills are atrophied and I need more software developers. But, you know, is there anything you can do with them is we test those individuals and we say, look, these, you know, give me 100, these we believe about 30% of people have the cognitive ability to go. These 30 people can do it. Now let's train these and place them into a part of your organization you've sort of tilled the soil so that they know you know where they're landing, that their managers are ready to receive them. Get it right in a small scale, five employees, 10 employees, 50 employees, before you try and do it on a massive scale with like a thousand employees. So those are a few pieces of advice that I would give people. And of course, you know everyone's got a unique circumstance and, you know, we'd be delighted you know, to talk to anyone who, who is interested in exploring this path.
0: Wonderful. Anthony, this has just been a really fascinating conversation. Uh, I know at the time I'm going to have to let you go here in just a minute, but before we wrap up for today, I just wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, your team, and then give us the final word on the topic for today.
1: Great. Um, so uh, you can find uh, tech elevator at TechElevator.com. Um, uh, at Tech Elevator on Twitter. Um, we're pretty active on LinkedIn. You can find the team there. Um, you know, Anthony Hughes, you can you know, reach out for me or any of our team members on the enterprise side of things if you're looking at doing reskilling. Um, big pitch for um, hiring partners. We're always looking for hiring partners. Um, no charge to hire a Tech Elevator graduate. We're just delighted to see their careers elevated so we can connect you to the folks uh, that do that as well. And then on the, on the topic of, of reskilling, you know, what I would say to anyone who's thinking about doing this is um, you know, it's gonna take some courage and you're gonna have to stick your neck out, um, but these are the kinds of initiatives that also can really drive somebody's career. Um, these are big pro- problems that organizations are trying to solve. And if you're a problem solver and you can come up with creative solutions, um, you can couple and tether your career to the success of those solutions. And um, these solutions are wildly successful around the country at forward-thinking organizations. Um, and uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's not a question of, of if your organization is going to engage in, in these kinds of initiatives, it's a question of when. So jump on it, make it yours, own it, and, uh, and, and be a change agent in your organization and at the same time you know, elevate some careers in some really awesome and life-changing ways.
0: I love it. Anthony, it's just been a pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, to get connected, find out more about what Anthony and his team can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Check out my new book, The Future Leader, Creating and Transforming Next-Gen organizations stemming from two decades of professional experience and over 600 in-depth interviews with executives thought leaders and scholars from across the globe the future leader will help you explore the ordinary everyday actions that will help you to prepare to lead in the future of work to respond to an uncertain future and to produce extraordinary results for individuals teams and organizations